The Holy Gospel according to St. John, the fourth chapter. Jesus came again to Cana in Galilee, where he had made the water wine, and to Capernaum, where there was an official whose son was ill. When this man heard that Jesus had come from Judea to Galilee, he went to him and asked him to come down and heal his son, for he was at the point of death. So Jesus said to him, Unless you see signs and wonders, you will not believe. The official said to him, Sir, come down before my child dies. Jesus said to him, Go, your son will live. The man believed the word that Jesus spoke to him and went on his way. As he was going down, his servants met him and told him that his son was recovering. So he asked them the hour when he began to get better, and they said to him, Yesterday, at the seventh hour, the fever left him. The father knew that that was the hour when Jesus had said to him, Your son will live. And he himself believed in all his household. This was now the second sign that Jesus did when he had come from Judea to Galilee. Lutherans talk a lot about faith, and of course we do. It is what the Reformation was about 500 years ago. Faith is what the Bible is all about. We know from Romans 3 so clearly, a man is justified by faith without the deeds of the law. And so very early in the beginning, we know it was clear. Abraham believed God, and God counted it to him, his belief, as righteousness. The objective reality of the cross, what Jesus Christ did on Good Friday, was for all people. Every human being that has ever lived in this world has had his sins paid for by God's Son. But without faith in that, without faith that grasps hold of it, which believes that it avails for that person, that atonement is useless. It does nothing for them. Someone once described faith as being, or the, the atonement as being a gift itself, and faith is the hand which reaches out and grabs the gifts and takes it for ourselves. And so, to have the gift, to have Christ, to have the benefit of Jesus Christ, we must have, as the author of Hebrews says, the assurance of things hoped for and the conviction of things not seen. We must have faith. But here's the thing about faith. Faith is something that is either present or it's not. It's either there, it's not. A person either has saving faith or he doesn't. There is no category of someone being, well, I'm sort of a Christian. I'm kind of a believer. I'm halfway there. It doesn't exist. It's there or it isn't. But that doesn't mean, though, that when one has faith, that there aren't different strengths of faith, that some faith isn't a little stronger than others. Consider the Gospels. You have there many examples of this in play, strong faith to be seen. Blind Bartimaeus, we know him to be called, was on the side of the road and heard that this Jesus of Nazareth was passing by, and so he cried out, Son of David, have mercy on me. Master, have mercy on me. And amidst the shushes, be quiet, stop embarrassing yourselves, he cried out all the more because he believed strongly that Jesus could help him. Remember also the Roman centurion that had a paralyzed servant. This man cared about his servant and so he sought out this Jesus that he had heard so much about and found him and requested that Jesus heal the servant. 
And when Jesus made to go with him, he said, Lord, you don't have to come under my house. Lord, I'm not worthy to receive you. But only say the word and my servant will be healed. So strong was his faith in this Jesus of Nazareth that he could heal him with the mere word. He even said, I don't even have to see it. And you have the Canaanite woman who in the midst of seeming dissuasion from the Lord and the disciples had to be persistent in her requests. You have a strong faith. So doggedly was she going after the Lord in his mercy that she persisted in asking and her faith was vindicated. These situations, these instances and many more show what good, strong, robust faith looks like. It shows what people look and sound like when they are confident, without doubt, in Jesus Christ and his mercy. That's strong faith. But there's also weak faith too, isn't there? It's present, but it is not robust, not vibrant, not confident and firm. If you read in Mark 9... You'll hear about the boy with the unclean spirit. Jesus is in a crowd of people, and there's a man who has a son that has a demon possession. And he's telling Jesus about the convulsions of the son that goes and sends him into water and fire, and it's just, it's horrible. And so he goes to Jesus for help, and he says, if you can, if you will, you can make my son better. And Jesus says, if I will, anything is possible for those who believe. And the man quickly responds, Lord, I believe. Help my unbelief. Lord, I'm trying my best. And where I'm not making it, where I'm not trusting, help to bridge the gap and strengthen my faith. You have Peter, of course. On the water, he sees Jesus out walking on the water, and at first, he's doing pretty good. He sees him, he gets out of the boat, and in faith, Peter walks too. But when he sees the wind and the waves around him and how terrible it is, he gets scared, and his faith becomes weak, and he begins to sink until the Lord saves him. And you have it then, yes, too, this faith, this weak, fledgling faith in the gospel lesson this evening. The man has a sick son. And so he does the natural thing that any one of us would do if we heard of this Jesus of Nazareth going around and healing so many people. He seeks him out and makes the obvious request of him. Please, Master, come down before my son dies. Now let's give him some credit. He has faith. It's there. He's going to the right person. He's asking the right thing. He believes that his son's sickness, that sickness that is unto death, can be stopped by this Jesus, and he makes the request of him. But he puts conditions on it, doesn't he? They're subtle, but they are there. One big condition. While the centurion said, I'm a man under authority. I know what it's like to say this, and someone does it, and do that, and someone does it. I know, Lord, that you don't even have to come into my house to heal my servant. Where the centurion says that, this man says, You, Jesus, have to come to my house. You must come to my house before my son dies. He believes that Jesus can heal. 
He trusts that he can. But his faith isn't so strong as to believe that Jesus can do it over a distance, without line of sight, as it were. So what does Jesus do in the face of this man's weak and slightly uncatechized faith? Does he make fun of him? Does he turn and just go away saying, well, you got the formula wrong for asking. You don't quite get the whole picture. Sorry, next in line, please. No. He gives him a light chastisement. Unless you see signs and wonders, you will not believe. But then he turns around and in the same breath gives him the opportunity to grow in faith. The opportunity to have his weak faith be strengthened and firmed up. Go, your son will live, he says to him. Go away, your son will live. Now, of course, Jesus could have gone with him. He could have stopped what he was doing, gone down and made the demonstration for everybody, sort of like he did with the paralytic. Rise, take up your bed and walk so that you know I have the authority to forgive sins. He would have blessed the man and his son by healing the son. But he does more than that. So much more for that man. He heals the son and at the same time, he teaches the man to trust simply his word. He makes a promise of what will happen and he lets the man believe it or not. And of course, the man takes the opportunity. He says he believed him and he went on his way. And we find out only in the next verse how much time he had to be thinking about the reality of his sick unto death son, about what this man Jesus had said. And it's only when that sweet moment comes when he meets the servants and they bring him word that his faith was not in vain. Does he know for certain and is sure and his faith is, I would say, at that point, rock solid from then on out. So don't, don't be dismayed if your faith is weak sometimes. I guess that's the lesson this evening, the thing I'd like you to take away from. It's no wonder when Christians, those of us that are in the ark of the church, do have weak faith. It's possible. Not just possible, it's probable. We live in a world of sickness, death, and many sorrows. There's a lot of things that if we give them more than two seconds of thought, they can assault our faith and even weaken it if we let them have the upper hand. No wonder the devil, it is no wonder that these things happen because the devil is constantly trying to separate us from God. And the one way he can do that is to destroy our faith. So no wonder it is weak. But be assured... If you have faith, whether it is strong like the centurions or sometimes weak like this man at the beginning of the healing miracle tonight, remember this, no matter how strong or weak it is, you have Jesus by it. Even weak faith grasps hold of our Savior. So don't be discouraged. Remember this man. Remember his weak faith growing, strengthening, and remember it being vindicated. And finally... If you find yourselves in those valleys of weakness in your life, I would tell you this. Don't think constantly about your faith itself, which is strong or weak, depending on the season. But instead, think about its object, Jesus Christ. For he is never weak, 
but only strong. Strong in his power, strong in his might, and strong in his grace and mercy for the world and for you in particular. To the same Savior and Lord Jesus Christ be all glory now and forever. Amen.